In this episode, I am excited to bring you the lit up and liberated entrepreneur, Yvette Mayers. She has left a 30-year corporate career in marketing and leadership and has built her business to multiple six figures in under two years with digital products. Yvette is a business coach who is living the life of a digital nomad on the road. In this episode, she is sharing with us the story of how she went from corporate to surviving breast cancer to now living as a business coach on the road. I am so excited to bring you Yvette Mayer. Let's get into it. Hey, hey there, you are listening to the Boss Motive Podcast, where I'm sharing all the tools, tips, and mindset tricks to build a successful business whilst living a life you love and avoiding the burnout. Ever wondered what it takes to live in a tropical paradise, run successful businesses, and work from home whilst raising kids? Well, listen up, friends, as I am sharing my story of how I've done this, along with interviews from other incredible entrepreneurs who are also living their best life. My name is Liz Morris, and this is the No BS Podcast, where I'm digging deep into what it actually takes to define your success and live a life you were put on this earth for. Haven't found your motive yet? Come in closer. We may just have the answer. All right. So I am so excited to have Yvette Mayer with us today. Now, Yvette is somebody who I have been watching on Instagram, and if you are on Instagram, you need to be checking her out because She is living what some would describe as the ultimate lifestyle, which is called digital nomading around Australia. And I had the pleasure of meeting her in person in Airlie Beach recently, which was so much fun to catch up with her because she is a business coach that really takes people on that journey of discovering their why and how to live their best life, which is what this podcast is all about. So thank you, Yvette, for being here today. Can you please tell us a bit about you and uh, your background and how you have become this incredible digital nomad? Thank you, Liz. Thank you so much for having me and your your kind words, but also for hosting me in LA Beach and showing me all of the local favourites. Made a big difference to my experience. Loved it. And you took my photos. So, yay. Love you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That was so much fun. (laughs) I know. I know, right? Uh, To answer your bigger question, I left my corporate career two and a half years ago, just over. And at that point, I didn't have a, I didn't have a real plan, actually, of the business that I would go on to develop. And everything has been a process of evolution since then. So if we're going to talk about pivoting, uh, I, I couldn't count the number of small pivots and a couple of large ones along the way. One of the larger ones being deciding to become a digital nomad and moving out of my home in Sydney. That decision was made uh, six months ago in March and made possible because I'd been growing my business for, my coaching business for, gosh, not quite two years at that point, but I'd grown it to the level that financially I knew that I could take my business on the road and continue to grow it. And I'd also built it in such a way that it was portable. And therefore I had the freedom to to make that decision, which has been, oh, so incredible. 
So um, tell me, how did you make that big decision to go from corporate to, or even, you know, be brave enough to go from corporate, obviously secure income, secure lifestyle, um, to then how did you get started doing business coaching? Well, that story really goes back a a lot further. Uh, In, gosh, what was it? 2010, I was diagnosed with breast cancer. And that was really the tipping point for me to wake up to just how dissatisfied I was in my corporate career. At that point, I'd been in my career for a little over 20 years and I'd built my, I guess I'd elevated into a very senior exec type role, uh, high pressure, high demand. And I was in the world of advertising and marketing and I primarily supported massive blue chip companies that were not necessarily aligned with my values. And that became really clear when going through breast cancer, I was, it dawned on me, so to speak, that I only have one life and that if I was going to leave a really positive legacy, I guess, in the world, helping big corporate businesses that don't align with my values grow bigger wasn't what I wanted to walk out of the world having been my biggest achievement. And so I know that sounds like really quite heavy, but it was it was a great thing, like not having breast cancers necessarily, but having that kind of wake-up call where you're like, wow, I've been on autopilot. I've literally gotten into a career that appealed to me because it was fun because I was 17 when I got into advertising it was fun and there was a lot of money to be made and there were parties and as a 17 year old I went all in and I managed to develop my career really quickly and also partake in all of the social side and the travel and all of those good things which during my 20s I was so excited for and I really believed that I was living the dream then. Um, I did have a couple of wobbles. I had some anxiety at one point and that that did lead me to questioning whether I was on the right track. But, but then I, you know, got over that and got back into a different role and made more money and bought more things and, you know, kept unfolding in that direction. I just worked, uh, you know, I've always been someone who's really committed when it comes to my work life and driven. So I just continued to rise up the ranks. And I was, when I was diagnosed with breast cancer, I was the chief digital officer of an Australian media agency uh, that was part of a global network. And so I'd, I'd, made, a, I'd made a pivot into digital from mainstream. I, I actually moved from running the client service team in Sydney to running digital back when digital was like, a tiny thing in the agency and my boss was like you want to do what you want to move into digital and leave this like team of I don't know maybe I was running a team of 20 or 30 at the time and I moved to running a smaller team because I love digital and I love tech and I also I guess I had I have a strategic element to my makeup where I could see where things were going And so I moved into running digital for the Sydney team and then I was promoted to chief digital officer maybe a year later. So I I was at the very top of the 
niche that I'd chosen in the corporate environment and then I was diagnosed with breast cancer and that was the beginning of the unraveling of my corporate career. I didn't know what the hell to do immediately. I was like, I don't want to do this anymore, but what else can I do? And I've got two mortgages and I, you know, had to become accustomed to a certain lifestyle and how's, how's this going to work? And so I didn't leave quickly. I actually went to my CEO and said, I want to move to New York. Oh. And yeah, <laughs> that's a little bit out there from Australia. Yeah, well, I, I had a friend who was diagnosed not long after me who was living in New York and she came back to Australia for, to get her treatment close to family. And, and so she encouraged me to uh, get a transfer essentially and to come to New York and while I was there to figure out the bigger career move. And so that was my plan. And it was a pretty epic plan. I, I absolutely loved my five years in New York and I did start to gain new skills. I did health coaching training. I did yoga teacher training. And I also found, which is, um, you know, most people would be surprised to hear this, but I found that I had a better work-life balance there. And it, it was um, related to the size and scale of the business in the market. And in the US, I found that our roles were individually more specialised and therefore in a way easier to manage where in Australia we're expected to wear all of the hats and cover so much more territory and then try and make the same profit margins that we made in the US, which were pretty much impossible when, you know, scale makes an impact on how profitable you're able to be as well. And so that dynamic was really interesting. Like I was actually happier in that role. That being said, I was working on a massive confectionery business, which, again, I was like, I can't believe I'm selling candy to babies. That's, that's the thing I was saying to myself. Uh, so sorry, this is a very long story. No, it's um, great. <laughs> and then at that point... I, I was like, okay, as soon as I get back to Australia, I'm walking out of corporate. I don't know exactly, but I've got more skills now and I'll figure it out. And then I got headhunted. I got headhunted back to the biggest corporate role of my life, which was managing director of an entire agency, uh, the Sydney office, which is a 300-person office. And my ego was like, oh, my God, you, you, you didn't even finish high school and you're going to take was was essentially the the most highly regarded agency of the type I worked for, the largest single office of its kind in the country, it was really hard to say no to. And I also had family reasons to come back at that point, so I said yes. And then I got back and I was really unhappy really quickly. That was when I was like, oh, my goodness, because the the CEO who had uh moved me because they moved me from New York back. That was another reason for saying yes. Very good for the finances being moved, let me tell you. Um, she knew that I wasn't convinced that I wanted to stay in the industry and in our interview process she basically said, look, you've worked for the same network for 17 years, which, which I had done, and this, it's different here. You're going to find it's really different and I think you'll fall back in love with the industry. Boo-hoo, No. And so how long did you last back in that role? Two years. Okay. I knew within a year that 
it wasn't for me. I tried really hard to make it for me, you know, because I'm a very loyal person. Like, as she said, I'd had 17 years for the same agency prior to that. Even though I'd moved, it had all been with the same business. So how do you go, how did you go from, okay, I'm working for this corporate to then taking the leap to working for yourself? What does that actual process look like in terms of even the mindset and that huge shift? Because not only are you changing your everyday life and your lifestyle to then being self-employed and having to figure it out, because going from corporate to being self-employed, a lot of people just think, oh, it's just a step over the fence. But you may be in corporate and learning all of these corporate skills, but how did you transfer them into then working for yourself? Even, you know, get your own ABN and do all the actual technical things. How did you do that big shift to go from corporate to on your own? Okay. So step one was interestingly, I joined doTERRA and became a network marketer as a side hustle. So whilst I was running this agency, I was growing a network marketing business for that second year And that gave me the confidence that I could do something else. So that really helped. And I had hopes because it was very aligned with what I'd been studying in terms of health coaching and yoga teaching. I really hoped but didn't know for sure that once I went all in and and left my corporate career that I would be able to make that the thing, right? And so what I did do was for that second year, when I knew that I was ultimately going to be leaving, I put away the pennies. I I literally, what that actually means is I got paid a bonus and I put it in the bank. (laughs) I'm not a put away the pennies type, but I I did not allow myself to spend that bonus and it was a big one. And so when I did ultimately leave, I had a wad of cash in the bank and a network marketing business. And for the first, I, I think about four months, I was all in on that being the thing. And then after that amount of time, I realised that I was making no more money actually than when I'd been in corporate in that business and my savings were diminishing. So I I was like, okay, well, I'm definitely not going back. Like there's no chance I'm going back to a job. I need to make this work and I need to figure out the skills that I already have that are transferable and pivot into doing something else. And at that time I chose to kind of uh, focus on my health coaching skills and my corporate background and I positioned myself on LinkedIn as a wellbeing expert who could come into agencies and other businesses and help them set up a wellbeing strategy as well as facilitate workshops, things like that. That was, that was what I thought that was going to be the direction that I took. Told you I've pivoted so many times. What actually happened is in my um, building my personal brand around that, I didn't, it didn't convert. Well, it has converted a little. Even to this day I do have a contract. But what actually started happening is people came to me for coaching privately and they didn't seem to mind that I was qualified as a health coach rather than a career coach or a life coach or whatever type of coaching they were looking for. They resonated with me and in for the most part they reconnected with me on LinkedIn but they knew of me or they knew me from my corporate career. And so before I knew it, I had five, six, seven private coaching clients and I was loving it. I'm like, oh, I 
I'm a coach. Like that's actually what I am. And so that was a massive light bulb moment. Also, it was the only thing that I was really being paid for. So there's that. And at which point I decided, okay, this is fantastic, but in a one-on-one context as a brand new coach, it's still not funding the life from the paying the mortgages lifestyle perspective. And I knew I was going to need to move into more scalable online products. And that's when I started thinking, okay, is it a, do I launch a group coaching program? Do I create a course, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I love that this whole thing has been such an evolution. And it really has. One thing that I have always talked to people about, and they say, you know, even in my own businesses, how we've pivoted and one thing that has definitely, and I, I feel like it's it's come out of your story as well, is having security before you take each step. Yeah. Um, and I feel like a lot of people, they get themselves into such a stuck um, situation where they're not, they don't have a buffer, so they don't have a savings pool that they can draw on or they've um, got investments to buy their first lot of stock, like even buying stock for your product business or yeah. um, having enough money. So I know even in our our businesses that we've always not taken a step until we have that security. And I love that you went from corporate, but then you dabbled in a business. You got yeah. that sort of structure and that mindset. You had a little bit of a savings buffer. Then you took the next step, then the next step. Some people just think I'm going to wake up one morning and I'm going to be a business coach. Ooh, I, I wish. Really, <laughs> really not like that. We all think that, but, or I'm going to start a product business, you know, that they think that it's just an overnight thing, but I love how you've explained how you've transitioned and pivoted and built these different stages throughout. And now you are where you are. Yeah. So I know from going from corporate to business coach is huge and huge changes. What do you think has been the biggest mindset battles that you've had to overcome? And how have you Gosh, I mean, I I always say this, but that move, that move from a corporate and the safety and security of a monthly or weekly paycheck, whatever that looks like for you, to your own business is the biggest self-development journey you will ever go through. And the emotional roller coaster has been very present for me. And especially I think I'm not married and so I don't have that will get through this thing going on. It's like I, I just got me to rely on and I have to, I have to make this work. That's very much how I talk to myself, like we have to make this work, like me, I. And so that's been tough at times because, you know, even back when I first started doing the wellbeing consulting where I was positioning myself that way, I'd have businesses come to me and be so interested and do proposals and then they just didn't convert. They just, you know, they couldn't get funding. That that happened a lot when I was focusing in that area. Like people would be so passionate about the business investing in it and then the higher-ups wouldn't approve the, the spend. So then how did you actually get through that mindset of getting rejection and then working through that? Yeah, and I think this is a, such a great question because it's going to be present for all new entrepreneurs and what I learned and it only happened through going through it is that everything passes and so the bad days are followed by good days and then the really good days are followed by bad days and the longer you stay in the game if you want to call it a game the 
better your resilience becomes around that and the, the more accepting you are of the fact that there's ups and downs but that the bigger goal is, you know, the vision is still there and that you, you're going to be okay. And so what's happened over time is I've really experienced that the roller coaster isn't quite so steep and that when the, you know, when there's a like a downward slide on the roller coaster, it's much less deep and it's faster to return. And so now it's like wobbles instead of breakdowns. <laughs> so do you have actual practical things that you, you physically yes. do? Like I know for oh, me, yeah. I have to get outside or I have to go to the gym or I have to, you know, go and have a coffee. But physically, is there something even your daily habits that really help you as an entrepreneur on your own yeah. that gets you through these these wobbles, as you call them, or even daily practices to avoid the wobbles or to keep you, your mindset really in a strong position? Yeah, this is an area I've really developed in my business and it's uh, it's how I work with clients as well, which is very much around having daily mindset practices. So I have a daily belief blueprint, which is literally a process of writing out any limiting thoughts that may prevent me from having a productive and successful day and reframing them and re-looking at what I want to achieve from a place of possibility instead of do you do was, that every day? I was going to say, look, when I'm feeling really in the zone, I get out of the habit. But when I observe some of those less resourceful thoughts co- coming up, I know it's time to get back into the habit. Uh, and so journaling co- goes along with that, although I find doing these exercises a bit more powerful for me. It's, it's a personal thing. Uh and I also have a manifestation process that I follow and that I, I teach on as well. So I have, a, I have a few different tools in the kit to support myself through this. Uh, and even in my programs, like I have uh, a couple of masterminds where I teach, you know, I teach my clients how to navigate this and I will go back and watch my own lessons. This is the truth because I know how powerful doing this work is. One of the most, one of the ones that I send people back to over and over again is the trust trifecta or the trust transformation, which is all about coming back to a place of trusting yourself that you have all of the knowledge and experience that you need to move forward, trusting your audience that the right people are actually out there that want what you have to offer uh, and they're just waiting to make a decision to work with you trusting your process that you actually have a methodology that will help take any of those ideal clients from where they are now to what they ultimately desire in their business Uh, and also trusting that everything is cyclical and that if you do keep taking inspired action and keep moving towards your greater vision that there will be ebbs and flows, but ultimately you're going to keep moving in the right direction. Oh, I love that so much. I haven't heard of that strategy, the trust. I'm going to use that. That's yeah. a great one because it's so yeah. important. Um, so talk to me about your maybe your community structure in terms of who do you go to for support? Like I know a lot of people, they sitting um, even recently had a conversation with a lady whose husband is, he's still corporate. She's gone out on her own. There's no um, even like being married doesn't mean that you necessarily have a support network. So yeah. 
coming from somebody who's not only um, dis- digitally nomading, like you don't even have in some locations, you don't even have someone to go for a coffee with. How yeah. do you find your support network and how do you, how does that benefit you? And how do you think it can move you forward by having that support network around you? Oh, it's, so, it's been so critical for me. I do not believe that I'd have the business that I have today without support. So from the very early days, I invested in business coaching and having that, someone holding space for me and listening and and able to, it, it's, it's less about the teaching and more about the, I've got your back <laughs> in a way, you know, like somewhere to go to where I could actually talk about my business and how I felt and what was happening and what that meant. I, I really needed that in the earlier days, like, so much. Then I joined a mastermind, which I've been in for nearly two years now um, with Tracy Harris of Mums with Hustle and her husband, Carl. And there was a group of just over 10 women in the first year of that. And so being surrounded by other women building their own businesses in a mastermind environment was a, a huge part of building a community for me. And I've got you know, lots of close friends that that is how I've met them. And the other thing I don't want to gloss over is I am very supported by my clients and my and my audience. So not to say ego, ego, I've got an audience. But what I mean is I've made really good friends. Like you're an example of this through social media. And that's been really important to me because my friends from corporate that are still my, you know, long-term friends and, and the friends even that I grew up with, they're all in corporate roles. And so it's been very important to me to create new networks that relate to my day-to-day life and can understand and listen and talk. And so that's developed a lot over time as well. Yeah, that's so important. And I do... I do say that to people that everything you do and coming from somebody who myself was, you know, corporate and it's just such a different world to get into this digital world and putting yourself in the presence of other people that are already even one step ahead of you or walking right next to you. I think it is super beneficial to building your business and to moving it forward. All right. So let's get into digital nomad life, which, Ah! which is, you know, the ultimate Australian dream to, <laughs> to not rely on your local economy or your local yeah. area because especially in what if last 2020 has ta- taught us is yeah. um, relying on that. So I know that you're super passionate about everybody having it, like moving to digital products and digital yeah. business. And I know that you have a course on that and you have masterminds around those as well. So can you tell me, I, I think you've covered it a lot, but the benefits of going digital mm. and also how, where would you even start to think of digital? Right. So, I mean, I didn't start out there from, you know, what we've even explored in terms of how my business has evolved. It really did start out with I'm going to service corporate clients, which was in person. And then when I started coaching, it was entirely online and I realised more and more how much I appreciated not having to leave my home is the truth because sitting in traffic, I'm a highly productive person. I, I am a massive doer and if you take away 
hours in my day where I sit in a car, I get very frustrated. So I think that that's where it stemmed from. I'm like, I'm just going to take as much as I possibly can online. And then when I, uh, I was talking about this earlier, when I kind of bumped up against my limits from that, got lots and lots of one-on-one clients, but still not really scaling in terms of where I need to get to financially, that's when I invested myself really deeply into learning how to create courses and then I ultimately launched a mastermind and then a second mastermind and I've just launched another course. And the reason is because not only is it kind of location independent, but it's also really scalable and you can create more freedom in your life and business by developing assets once that you monetize time and time again. And wow, is that empowering? It's, it's just like it's unlocking so much more flexibility and freedom when you do that. And you're also, like I talked about scale, but you're able to scale beyond you know, not just your suburb, but many of my clients are all over the world. Like in my current course of the 11 people who are signed up, two are in the US, one is in the UK, another is in New Zealand and the rest of us are in Australia. I mean, that's just unbelievably awesome. Yeah, the reach is incredible. I, I personally yeah. love digital products and digital courses as well for that reason. It's it's just amazing that we can talk to people on the other side of the world yeah. and they can purchase from us. That just yeah. it still blows my mind. Yeah. All right. So let's have some fun. I would love to know what let's talk about a day in digital nomad life Ooh. and then a week in digital nomad life. Let, uh, let's tell us some highlights, what it what it feels okay. like. What it's really so like. Well, for me at least I move around um, around once a month. So I tend to be quite settled day to day. I like, I like being in command of my schedule when it comes to great Wi-Fi, knowing that I have all of my tech set up and I can service my clients effectively. And so on a daily basis, if it's a all on work day, I will, well, you know, I will always go out and enjoy the location that I'm in, whether that's walking along the beach or in a rainforest or on a crocodile cruise. I'll do something before my work day begins. And then I literally am into client calls, developing content, creating social media posts, all of that fun stuff uh, during my working hours. And I am somebody who really needs to switch off in the evenings and distract myself and not obsess about work. I don't do well when I'm always on. So I'm quite disciplined around my evenings being my own, my decompression time. I read a lot of novels. So that's kind of a typical day. Um, And then from a typical week perspective, As my business has developed, I've been able to really reduce my working hours, which has been pretty amazing. So these days I only do client calls uh, Tuesdays, Wednesdays and Thursdays, and really they're my all-on work days. And then on Mondays and Fridays I have a flexible schedule. That looks very different depending on what I'm working on. So in a launch, for instance, when I'm just about to take something to market, they tend to be work days. But then when I'm out of a launch, like right now, it's like, well, I won't work Friday. 
And maybe on Monday I'm just going to leave myself these two or three things that need to get done and then I'll decide what I feel like doing after that. So it's pretty, it's pretty awesome. It sounds like you're living the dream. I love that. I love, I love that you put the hard work in when you need to and you rest when you need to or you play when you need totally. to. Well, it's- yeah, I was actually, it's funny you say that, I was worried that I wouldn't be as productive because there's a lot of distraction when you're exploring. But it's not true. It hasn't been true for me at all. I, I mean, I'm, I'm quite a disciplined person when it comes to working and I'm just like, got to get this done. I love my work too. So it's not like it's, oh, my God, I've got to do the work. I'm like, oh, today I'm going to do this and I'm going to do this and I'm going to do this. And, and then, you can tell that. You can absolutely yeah. tell that because your passion is just there. And yeah. I'm the same. I, I, even though I love my downtime and I don't work nearly as many hours as I used to, when I am working, I'm excited. I'm buzzing. Same. And the weeks, and for me, like I had an interview recently about, um, you know, being in your, in your cycles and working to your cycles of a month, like being yeah. a female business owner and embracing that. And I love that you can do that in a digital nomad sense. And when you're on, you're on. And when you're off, you're off. Yes. You know? And you're allowed to do that and still have a successful business. And honestly, it's um, it's something that develops over time as you get more comfortable and you trust yourself more. So I'm now at a point where, you know, I say I work all on Tuesdays, Wednesdays and Thursdays. But if I've had a terrible night's sleep, then, you know, I might work only till 2.30 or 3 o'clock because I know myself well enough that I'm not going to be productive. My critical thinking is going to be reduced. I'm much better off to just switch off and then come at it fresh the next day than to push through. And, oh, my goodness, like isn't that just the most incredible thing as a business owner versus an employee to be able to go, oh, no, I'm actually going to go and lay in my bed now or I'm going to have a bath. And it, honestly, if anybody asks the best thing about being a, an entrepreneur, business owner, it's that. It's that mm-hmm. flexibility to say, no, I, I don't need to be here uh-huh. nine to five every single day tied to my desk. No, I don't need mm-hmm. to do that. So it's amazing. All right, mm-hmm. Yvette, this has been the best conversation. And I know that you are just so full of knowledge that I could talk to you for hours and hours and hours, which we have. Um, yeah. <laughs> but people that want to get into your world, where can they find you? And tell me um, about your, your masterminds. Give me a quick rundown of the different types of masterminds you have, the course you have available, and also where they can connect with you. Awesome. Okay. So I'll start with I am very active on the gram. And my handle, I'm sure you'll drop this into the show notes, is it at Yvette Mayer underscore. I also have a podcast myself, The Lit Up and Liberated Entrepreneur, and a Facebook group of the same name. And in terms of my offers in market, I really, I focus my energy and attention on helping women cash in on their years of experience and wisdom, launching, scaling digital products and becoming the CEO of their business. And also feeling lit up and liberated, it all comes back to that. And so the ways that I support my clients at the moment are one-on-one. I have a very intimate inner circle mastermind there's just two women in it at the moment it will grow over time but to no more than five which is a really high touch every week community which I absolutely love it's a very much a blend of the spiritual the energetic and the strategy and then I have my momentum mastermind which is a quarterly mastermind it's all about the how like literally how to market 
your business, how to launch and create irresistible offers that will scale as well as embodying your inner CEO and setting yourself up for long-term success. That launches again in four weeks. So they'll be back in market in early October. And my new course is the Digital Product Academy, which is a sprint style four weeks from idea to irresistible digital product offer. Loving it. I'm in week, I'm just, well, I'm just in week one of that now of, of the first round and that will be coming back later in the year as well. Wonderful. It's so exciting. And I can't wait to just follow the journey and all these amazing women that you're supporting to become incredible entrepreneurs. So thank you so much for your time. And um, I hope everybody has loved this episode as much as I have and has really taken, if anything out of this is how you can just build and grow and you don't have to be an overnight success. It's all a It's all a process and you have shown that. And thank you again so much for your time. Oh, thank you. And I just really loved getting to know you, becoming friends with you. And I appreciate you a lot. Thanks so much, Yvette. All right, dudes. Well, thank you again for listening to yet another episode of the Boss Motive Podcast. I hope these episodes are really helping you towards building a successful business and a life that you love. If you enjoyed this episode, please jump over and leave me a review because that is going to help me get this episode out to more people. And of course, I love to see you on Instagram. So please tag me at Boss Motive and let me know if these episodes are resonating with you or if there's something that you would love to hear. I look forward to being back in your ear again next week. Thanks again.